Jesse, Joe Diesel here. Welcome back to the Half Hour of Power. This is Jesse. Hey, Jesse, did you have a good week? Oh, uh, yeah, and on a Valentine's Day, I decided to dress up like Cupid and go downtown and shoot people with arrows. Uh, I'm up for attempted murder charges now, but I think everything should be all right. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, this week, it is uh, Valentine's Day week, and there's been uh, quite a few uh, openings. Uh, the Wednesday before Valentine's Day, we saw the opening of the new RoboCop movie, which is a remake or a reimagining or a reboot or whatever you want to call it of the uh, 1987 movie of the same name. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it, and uh, we're going to start out by talking about what we thought about the 1987 RoboCop. What do you think about that one, Jesse? Uh, I think the original 1987 RoboCop is probably one of the finest works of science fiction from the 80s. Um, Paul Verhoeven uh, did an amazing job directing that uh, work. It's a really fantastic piece of storytelling. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, growing up in the 80s, um, video stores were everywhere. I mean, they, they seemed like they were on every corner. I uh, one of my memories of those passing by those is seeing the RoboCop poster in the windows, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a great poster. You know, you got RoboCop there, part machine, part man, all cop. He's standing there at the door looking at you. That's a great poster, and for a kid coming up there in the 80s looking at that poster, that really charges up your imagination, and I wanted to see that, but unfortunately for me, it's ultra-violent. And it's so mm. ultra-violent. Wow, I mean, uh, it almost got an X rating, didn't it? Yeah. That's one of the rare films where uh, the violence of the movie is almost as, as big as a uh, speaking point to the film itself. And honestly, when you watch it, the violence of it isn't that graphic in any way. Uh, I mean, the opening scene where they... Uh, actually kill Alex Murphy and turn him into, you know, the bad guys who do it. I mean, that scene is pretty violent, but it's not as, not that bad, I don't think. Um, I mean, people really overshadows the story, which is a a, a nice little Frankenstein story uh, mixed in with a little bit of uh, anti-corporate shenanigans and stuff like that. Um, But, I mean, the virus doesn't really offend me. Yeah, well, uh, uh, it doesn't offend me either. I mean, I'm used to violent movies, but it. Oh well, um, I think what uh, one of the points I was going to uh, reach here on this, this issue of violence for that movie is that uh, Paul Verhoeven was a Holocaust survivor uh, from where he's originally from. So I mean, he's seen some of the most atrocious things. Uh, imaginable, and he's always said that um, his movies don't encourage violence. His movies are just a reflection of the violence in society. And I, I mean, I can see what he means by that. He's he's a pretty fantastic director. I mean, I, I his American movies that I've seen uh, have all been good, but Robocop, I think, is his masterpiece. I would say a second close would be uh, Starship Troopers, but 
some of the great things about uh, that RoboCop original movie is how RoboCop starts off as just this machine ran by his corporation, and he starts to regain his humanity and becomes become a human again. Uh, in fact, with the final line of the movie, which is I think is uh, Officer uh, Murphy reporting for duty, is just a beautiful moment. It just signifies that he's you know himself again. He's human again. That the uh, he's the man has the beat of the machine that you know he's embodied in. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, have we have we gotten into uh, inspirations for RoboCop, where the character came from? Well, I also well, about uh, I did say you know it's inspired a little bit by Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I can see Frankenstein in that. I can see that too. Uh, let's see. Uh, RoboCop. The original was uh, written by. Edward uh, Neumeyer and Michael Meyer. Michael Miner, I'm sorry. <laughs> little yeah. Halloween popping out there. <laughs> yeah. Edward Neumeyer stated he first got the idea for RoboCop when he saw a poster for Blade Runner. And he asked his friend, what's that about? And his friend said, well, that's about a cop hunting robots. So that's uh, planted the seed uh, in his mind to do that. And he fleshed out the character also by being inspired by the British comic book Judge Dredd, as well as the Marvel comic Rom, and now we have RoboCop. Um, uh, it's kind of interesting when you look back at this. Who who was big at the time? Who they were considering to be RoboCop? And uh, I didn't know this, but uh, Rutger Hauer was considered, yeah. and Arnold Schwarzenegger was also considered to play RoboCop, but they were ended up ultimately being. Their frames were too large. They wanted, uh, they needed it to be a uh, smaller man, so that the suit, you know, for the suits, the suit wouldn't be so incredibly big on those two guys. I didn't realize Rutger Howard was that. His frame was that big. Did you? <laughs> I, I I did not. Uh, Rutger Howard is kind of, a, I guess, a bigger guy because they said the same thing about Michael Ironside. Because Michael Ironside was considered for the uh, World of RoboCop Two, which. That would have been really uh, an excellent choice as well. But uh, I think Peter Weller really brought it home, though. Um, I think he's quite wonderful in that role. Of, uh, and one of the things I really like about that is when you read about what he did prepare for that role, he took that role very seriously. Very seriously. Yes, he did. He had a movement coach for mm-hmm. to work on uh, the robotic RoboCop movements. Ultimately, that changed when they got into the suit. They had to tweak that a little bit, but I agree. I, I think he did a great job in that role. Uh, did we get into, since we're talking about him playing that and him being in the suit, uh, who designed that suit? I mean, he was, uh, he's a big name. Yeah, yeah. Rob Bottin, the man who uh, did the special effects for countless movies, uh, but the one that he's most known for uh, is The Thing, and he also did Total Recall, so... Uh, but uh, he designed that suit, and him and Verhoeven fought like cats and dogs over that suit, but then they originally came back to uh, Botine's original designs for it. Um, but there was one uh, scene that they especially had a big fight over. It's where they first take off the uh, visor and reveal uh, Alex Murphy underneath the RoboCop uh, visor. Uh, 
Botine wanted that to be shot in kind of a darker lighting because he was afraid that the lighting would reveal too much of the uh, makeup. But uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, said that he thought that they should shoot it in as much light as possible because it was a big reveal moment. And that Josh Volcano, his director of photography, was so good that he'd be able to hide it. And I had to agree with Verhoeven, and so did Poutine after a while after they saw the movie, because that is a fantastic scene, and you can you can barely tell there's any makeup involved in that at all. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I don't notice anything in that. It's just so you're so caught up mm. in the story and what's happening at that time in the movie that uh, that reveal, it, it was a great moment in the movie. And uh, we can compare the two uh, two reveals here after in a little bit. But uh, did we talk about just in case there's anybody listening who has never seen RoboCop? Did we give any rundown of the basic plot? Uh, no. Um, I can't believe that there'd be anybody out there who hasn't seen RoboCop. Uh, but uh, the basic storyline is that uh, Alex Murphy uh, gets caught up in a uh, he's a cop and he gets pretty much gunned down pretty viciously and a corporation takes his body and turns him into Robocop because they're trying to uh, corporatize uh, the police department uh, because the police department is overworked, they're uh, underfunded, there's not enough of them and crime has really taken over Detroit. I mean, Detroit is basically a pit uh, despair, and that's another thing that and we'll discuss it later with the other movie. But Verhoeven really set up that world really well. That world is so well defined that you you know there has to be a Robocop because only a, the Robocop is the one who's going to be able to help bring that to justice. You know, um, so I mean, but that's, yeah, that's exactly. Much exactly. That's a that's a the basic uh, rundown there. Now. Uh, the two main bad guys in this movie, they are two actors that were cast against type at the time. And uh, I'm, of course, speaking of Kurtwood Smith, who played Clarence Boddicker. And he's awesome in that. I mean, he is, he's amazing. He's so good in that. I didn't know that he, at the time, he was also cast as uh, intellectual types. I guess because of the glasses he wore. But uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, chose him. Because of those glasses and their intellectual association, also because he thought it was had some resemblance to uh, Himmler, Heinrich Himmler. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie Cox, the same thing. He was cast. Uh, obviously, he's Dick Jones, and he was cast uh, against type. He's primarily known for nice guy roles, and uh, I think he makes a great villain. Also, what do you think about that? I think they. There, there are such good bad guys in that movie that after they made those movies, that's the only roles they were able to get after that. I think because they they did a lot of bad guy roles after that because they were so good in that vein. Uh, I I would say that at least for Kurt Smith, I don't know about uh, Ronnie Cox as much, but I'll probably say that for both of them. That when people think of those actors, the first person I think of when I think of Kurt Smith is Clarence Boddicker. That's his first role. I always comes to mind. And with Ronnie Cox, it's it's pretty much the same. I always think of Dick Jones. Uh, so I mean, those are kind of like their—I hate to say their peak moment in their acting career because I'm sure they they have great things to come. But I think those are, you know, top of the mountain moments for both of them. 
Yeah, I agree. Those are the first things for those guys that I think of also. I mean, obviously, uh, Kurtwood Smith went on to be the father in the uh, that 70s show. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still just think of RoboCop when I think of him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's one other person I, I think we should mention. Uh, the ED-209 is... Mm-hmm. That is uh, the failed uh, law enforcement machine before they went ahead with a RoboCop. And that is actually stop motion and animated by Phil Tippett, who is a well-known, probably as well-known as uh, Rob Bottin, would you say? I would say so. At least, yeah, for his his work in the effects field. And uh, uh, watching that again recently, uh, I think that stuff holds up today. Of course, I'm I'm a big fan of stop motion, obviously, and uh, used right and done well, I think it's, it's, I think they hold, it still holds up today, and uh, I see that we're coming up here against a break, so uh, we're going to leave it at that, and we'll get into uh, the new RoboCop here right after the break. Um, back to the show, uh, today Joe and I drove through uh, some pretty bad weather to go see this new RoboCop movie for uh, Valentine's Day, uh, because it is the perfect Valentine's Day movie to go uh, take a woman to see, because you will not want to watch it at all, and you probably would rather make out with your girlfriend. Okay, I'm back here. I am uh, being bombarded with uh, some kind of, there was a cyborg running around outside. I had to do something about that, but uh, I apologize, and uh, I apologize to our sponsor. Uh, we will have to uh, have them come back sometime. So we're going to be answering some nasty emails about that one. But anyway, uh, you started in on the new RoboCop. Uh, let's, uh, I don't know how far you got, but let's just say we're going to give away spoilers, so if you don't want to uh, know about the spoilers, then... Uh, now would be the time to pause the show, go watch the... Uh, yeah, it was uh, basically with the uh, the new RoboCop uh, flick for you uh, folks who uh, don't know. Uh, it's pretty much the same kind of plot uh, where a company basically pretty much turns a man into a robot to or a cyborg to fight crime. Uh, it's not a great film at all. Uh, let me just say that right out there. It's a pretty much it's it's a turd on screen. It's horrible uh, in every way imaginable. Um, basically, what the, the, in a way the plot revolves around the fact that the uh, U.S. government uh, is using robots to fight wars. They're using the ED two hundred nines and uh, ED-80s, and ED-80s are basically humanoid robots, uh, and they use them in combat instead of real soldiers because they don't, you know, real soldiers, they don't want any humans to die. Uh, but these cyborgs, so the company that makes these robots, Omnicorp, wants to basically incorporate the, the, these robots into the police force, but there's a senator who's fighting against them because he thinks that, 
you know, uh, law enforcement should be done by humans, and Omnicorp wants to save lives by not having actual humans be cops, which I think in a lot of ways is a huge problem because, in all, you know, even though there are officers who die, you know, who die in the duty, it's not that common of an occurrence that uh, in everyday life. Um, so they yeah. basically turn out into RoboCop, and the movie has so many problems with its own logic. Uh, I think I mentioned this to Joe that uh, Omnicorp has a security force at their building, but their security force is all humans. But if yeah. the 80s are so good and they're so great, why aren't they the ones who are the security force for Omnicorp? Why do they have humans involved at all? Yeah, I couldn't figure that out either when watching that. And uh, uh, you probably already said, but uh, I wasn't that impressed with this movie either. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing, like they uh, just kind of threw it out there just to get it out there. I didn't, uh, just like you, the logic of it didn't make sense to me uh, why there was a RoboCop. They didn't make any, any, uh, I didn't buy that they needed a RoboCop. Did you? What? Well, the world, the, okay, we said before with the original, uh, Verhoeven, Verhoeven took the time to establish that the world was so crumb, was falling apart so badly with crime that they needed something like this to help. But the world in this movie is so close to our own that they're really, you know, you didn't, you didn't really see a need for all that. Like the opening scene, which I know you and I both really, really hated, uh, I could understand how the people in the uh, that country that the robots were in were super pissed about it because they had to come out every day out of their houses just so the robots could make sure that they weren't criminals. Uh, yeah. Or it was like a fascist regime uh, over there. Yeah. And, but then the suicide bombers come out and they start killing the robots. It's like, well, it's a good thing those are robots, not real humans. That's 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 a good thing. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's a line in there which made me laugh so hard where Michael Keaton says that robots are incorruptible. And it made me laugh because if they're based in programming, a human has to program them. So a human can yep. program them to be corrupt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think my biggest uh, problems with the movie are uh, I didn't see a reason for them to make RoboCop. Uh-huh. Just, uh, Detroit seemed totally fine. The cops seemed fine. Uh, yeah. Number uh, probably the second. My second biggest problem is uh, Michael Keaton is supposed to be the main bad guy, but he doesn't he doesn't really do anything that's illegal. I mean, the yeah. whole reason that they're uh, wanting to have robots there is so his company doesn't go bankrupt. Right. I didn't see any other reason for them to want them there. For some reason, they can't have robots doing anything. I mean, they couldn't even have robots mowing their lawns. I mean, oh. Yeah. There can't be robots here. Well, why? So his company's going bankrupt. I guess they're not making any money with the robots overseas for some reason. Well, I've never really explained why they're not making money. But when, at the very end, when he goes to arrest Michael Keaton, finally, the only reason he's going to arrest him is because Michael Keaton ordered them to kill RoboCop 
at, you know, ordered them to kill Alex Murphy after uh, he was already a robot, and that's his only biggest crime. And really, he didn't say go murder him. He said just go shut down, go shut him down. Yeah, because to them, and in the first movie, to them, RoboCop was a product. They called him a product in this one, but they didn't treat him like that one that much. In the first one, he was more, because the cops were owned by OCP at that time. OCP was running the cops in that one. The cops signed their lives away, and they could do what they wanted with their dead bodies, I I guess. I I don't remember the exact little bitty details, but in this one, they had to get his wife to sign the, the waiver, and she thought that they were fixing him so that he could continue his life. Right. So that was deceptive towards her, but was that illegal? Was that uh, you get what I'm saying? There's there's no connection between him and the gangster man. There's the gangster guy who's nowhere near as cool and psychotic and vicious as Clarence Boddicker, but he has no wow. connection to the corporation at all. No, he he was so plot. One of the other problems I really had with it is in the original, uh, Peter Weller is not revealed to be you know, Alex Murphy to the rest of the world until, like, to the world of the movie until the end, where the lady takes off his visor and she sees Alex's face. And, um, he had, from the beginning, he was supposed to have no human characteristics. He was supposed to be the the cyborg that was basically, you know, because he, they they said, at one point they said, you you can keep his arm. We can, uh, and the guy's like, no, 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 get rid of the arm, get rid of, you know, all cybernetics, you know. So that way they, they can control him better. But in this movie, they they kind of, from the beginning, he's Alex Murphy. He's not RoboCop at all. You know, he's Alex Murphy from beginning to end. And it just at that one point, they put a suit on him. And they get, they let him keep his hand, but there's a scene yeah. where they take all the robotics off of him, and it's like, why did he let him keep that hand? It's pointless. Yeah, because he's got no there. There's nothing there, that yeah, I mean you're right. He he is uh, killed. He is killed and maimed in an explosion in his car. Um, his uh, witnesses that from the window, unbeknownst to him. And when they show his body, he's got you know 80 percent burns all over his body. He's got uh, one of his legs was amputated, but he still got. I think he had both of his arms in that picture. Did he have both of them, or did he lose one? Well, he had both arms. Oh, yeah, both arms, he's got everything. His face is scarred up, his eyes are hurt. But when they reveal him in his uh, robot suit, his face looks awesome. It looks like brand new, it looks perfect. They don't explain that. Uh, why do they have to lose the rest of his body if, uh, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, and you know, the other thing is they said his eyes were so badly damaged. I mean, they made a point of mentioning that. But his yeah, eyes... exactly. And, his eyes were perfectly normal. Yeah. He should have had robotic eyes. I thought that would have been a nice little touch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I kind of wanted to uh, get into this. Um, I don't know if this had to, this hurt the movie or what was happening there, but there was a the director, Jose Padilla, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, talked to his friend, Fernando. I'm not going to say his last name right, and I apologize. But uh, So I won't try, but his first name is Fernando. He called him during production while he was directing uh, RoboCop, and he was uh, relating to him that it was the worst experience of his life. For every ten ideas, nine of his ideas are cut. 
And he said, it is hell here. The film will be good, but I have never suffered so much, and I never want to do that again. So uh, we don't really know what he was referring to. <laughs> so we don't know yeah. what ideas he had that made his ideas might have been better, and they were just trying to be safe. I don't know. But when they revealed the trailer at the San Diego Comic-Con in uh, 2013, obviously he's going to be promoting it. He's going to be wanting to uh, speak enthusiastically about the project. So we don't really know what happened, but this seems like a botched thing to me. What What about you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of contradictions to, uh, to that info. Um, because the studio, the movie was originally supposed to cost like $60 million. But then when the budget started running over and it started near $120 million mark, uh, the studio told them that they had to make the movie into a PG-13 film because they really wanted it to be an R-rated film, the director and the main star. Uh, they thought it should have been a hard R. But after, you know, once you get to, they have to recover your losses, and R-rated films don't recover the money as easily as PG-13 or PG films. Um, yeah. But, and, but then, at the, but then I, I read something that says that the director is the one who decided that it should be PG-13. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. We, uh, yeah. It, we we don't know what really happened, but uh, it is yeah. a good point. A PG-13, you, you, can recover, you can reach a wider audience because more people can go see it. So uh yeah, we don't we don't really know what, what was what with that. Um gosh, you got any more uh thoughts on this one? Was there any what was good about it? Did we say anything that we liked about it? There's one scene I liked and uh that scene was when he is first introduced in a press conference. He's standing for this big audience and he's standing in the audience and he sees a criminal in the audience and he arrests him during the press conference. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. But other than that, there's a lot of stupid things. Like when they download the entire database into his uh, head, and they part of the database in his head is all the footage of him dying. Like, well, that seems yeah, stupid. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, because they upload all that crap into his head right before they're going to reveal him to the press, and then he has some kind of a overload, and it's like, duh, couldn't you have waited until he was introduced to everybody before you did that? And you guys yeah. are surprised about that? So yeah. <laughs> I'll say the one thing I uh, liked. I liked the scene you mentioned, but uh, I did kind of like how he broke his programming when they refixed him and made him a robot again uh, because uh, that involved his son. I thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, ultimately didn't help the movie for me at all. Um, I, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this. I just want to mention this real quick. I did get tired of seeing him... Uh, not without his mask on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I, th th there's something just wrong with that. Because, again, it kills the moment when Nancy Allen finally feels, figures out that he is Murphy. Uh, yeah. Which is such a, a big moment in that movie. But, like I said, this movie it was just like, you know, he was he was Alex Murphy till the very end, from the beginning. Of, and when he... Uh, when they zombified him, as they put it, it's because they were putting him up on, uh, they doped him up so far that all he could do was respond to the programming. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll uh, say one other good thing about it. Uh, I thought the action scenes were pretty good, pretty well done. Mm. 
Um, other, than, other than that, um, if you're curious about RoboCop, this movie, if you grew up with RoboCop and you want to see a new RoboCop movie, uh, go check it out. But ultimately, for me, it doesn't really add anything else to it. I would say stick with the original. Um, the only thing really that they did with it, with the effects, is there's some computer effects in it. And to me, it's like, so what? <laughs> what about you? This movie is so bad that I thought RoboCop 2 was much better than this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't like RoboCop. Yeah, the RoboCop series is... RoboCop, the original, was really, really good. And 2 had a hard act to follow, and it was blah, and then they made 3. <laughs> yep. And I guess that's all we're going to say about 3, because there's not much you can say about it. It is it is what it was. But RoboCop, he's been around for a while. He's in the public consciousness. Now he's like, everybody knows what he looks like, even if they don't know the story. I think he's one of those characters. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's got a it's got a slow start so far. We'll just have to wait and see how, it's, how it fares at the box office. Uh, any final thoughts, Jesse? Uh, my final thought is uh, I also saw the Lego movie today. I would suggest you go see the Lego movie over RoboCop. The Lego movie is far superior. <laughs> All right, and there we have it. So RoboCop 2014, uh, you're ultimately going to have to decide for yourself if it stacks up and uh, if it's a worthy entry into the series. And we'll see you next time in on the Half Hour of Power. <laughs>